Tēnā koutou. You're listening to a core education Tātai Ahoro podcast. Kia ora e te whanau. Ko Amy Lee tōko ingoa. I'm a professional learning and development facilitator with Tātai Ahoro core education. And I'd like to introduce you to Alice Frame. Alice is a senko at a full primary school here in Dunedin. I'll let Alice introduce herself properly in just a moment. I was lucky enough this week to chat with Alice about the vital role that teacher aides play in supporting equitable learning outcomes for our learners. Her role as Senko gives her a really great perspective on how important this is. But let's hear from Alice. Kia ora, I'm Alice Frame. I've been working as a co-deputy principal in Senko for this my seventh year in the role. I'm also a new entrant teacher. Previously, I taught in a school in Wellington that had a really broad range of learners, both lots of neurodiverse learners, lots of special education needs, and lots of ESOL learners, and that gave me a taste of the Senko role, which I developed once I came down south. So as a Senko, and from your perspective, if you'd just like to discuss the importance of the role of the teacher aide in a classroom setting, from your perspective. Well, I think... It comes down to the fact that at the end of the day, our teachers and our colleagues are amazing and they're skilled practitioners, but they're not, they're not, an, you know, they're not octopuses. <laughs> they can't do it all. They can't be everywhere. We know that we've got super, you know, our classrooms are full of super diverse needs and we need, we need more, more people working with the learners and we need those people to be, our teaching assistants need to be experts too, you know, and they are or at least our ones are, they're fabulous. <laughs> and I think it's about giving teachers a way to support more learners effectively without it necessarily always being the teacher. And it's about empowering our teacher aides to realise their skill set and to realise their capability. What are some of the familiar challenges that a teacher aide might face on a day-to-day basis in their work environment? What teaching assistants are doing, they're already going to be working with the children who potentially present more challenges than a neurotypical child because we tend to use our teaching assistants to support the children who need the extra help. You know, rightly or wrongly, whether we'd like to have more time to support children who need extension, it doesn't work that way, often. So, I mean... On one day, a teaching assistant might be doing, you know, in our school, I can think of a, of a teaching assistant who might run a session working with speech-language therapy. So they might have worked with a speech-language therapist to get a program that they're then running with five-year-olds. Then they might be up with a 13-year-old supporting them with their maths work. Then they might be uh, working with a neurodiverse student or maybe a student with ASD who they're supporting through a period of them being escalated and they need to be, you know, support to be de-escalated. Then they might go and toilet a seven-year-old who's still still using nappies and has a continence plan in place. All of that happens. Then they grab their 10-minute paid morning tea time and they're off to do the next raft of things, which could be supporting you know taking a phonics group which they might have had um, professional development in so that they can lead that themselves or they might be working alongside a teacher working you know developing you know co-planning together around how they work with a group of ESOL learners so it's I would say no day is the same if we make a plan for a day trust that it will probably change and 
we're working with little people, not robots. So they're also going to bring their own plan or agenda for the day to it. If they're having a good day or a bad day or a day where they're ready for learning or a day where learning's a bit harder that day, that's also going to have a huge impact on what our teaching assistants are doing. And so they are juggling a lot of balls all the time. So our teacher aides are working across a massive range of needs, I guess mm. is what you're saying. Yeah, huge. Um, and is that pretty normal in most schools or is that you know unique to certain environments? Or? From the schools that I've worked in and how I've seen, you kind of, there are different roles for sure. Like there are some teaching assistants who might purely be working in learning support. Or there might be teaching assistants who are skilled, you know, obviously you're going to use their, their experience. So if they've always worked with children with a high, maybe high physical needs and they're trained working with those students, then you might be putting them more often with those students. But because of the way our funding works, a lot of schools are playing the funding jigsaw and they're trying to join it all together to make the days work, which means that our teaching assistants are working with a lot of different needs in order because because it's so hard to have someone funded just all day in the same role unless it's board funded generally so I think that plays into the problem of ending up um, yeah having them do a lot of different things does that relate to some of the challenges that you would face as a senko trying to do that funding jigsaw yes <laughs> <laughs> I think I mean I think every school in New Zealand at the moment is facing the like challenge of the funding jigsaw I think that's what we're, we're calling out for support in and I think it means that we're reliant on our teaching assistants being able to do a lot of different things well because alongside that probably something I didn't say earlier is that they're going into classrooms without the time to debrief with all of the teachers that they are then working alongside and the teachers might be in the middle of a lesson when they come in to help them with something, which means they need to be thinking on their feet and using their initiative because they don't actually have a lot of time to get feedback often from the teachers that they're working alongside. Again, from your perspective as a SENCO, what do you think an equitable learning environment looks like? That's a big question. <laughs> it is a big question. <laughs> I think an equitable learning environment is an environment where every child has what they need to engage and succeed in education I mean it's a lofty goal it's not about you know it's that whole equality versus equity it's about the kids having what they actually need at the time that they need it to access the learning and it's also about the adults working with them having the skill sets to assess on the fly what it is that they need when they need it because it's no good Two weeks later, after the fact, isn't the time to go, oh, actually, it would have been really helpful if they had A, B or C. So what role do you think the teacher aides play in supporting that? It's quite a lofty goal, but mm. obviously they play a role in supporting that. Well, they get quite a unique opportunity to get to know a lot of the learners they're working with. It is a different dynamic often. So a teacher has 28, 30 children in their class they're never going to have the same amount of time that they can just spend one-to-one -one with a child. So our teaching assistants are in a different position of being able to build those relationships, which obviously plays a huge part in helping us understand the needs of our learners. They also often get opportunities to have conversations when the pressure's off and it's time maybe the teaching assistant and the student to offer a walk together or something. That's the time often where the conversations happen that wouldn't happen otherwise, and that helps us build a much 
stronger picture of of where the needs are, what life's actually like on the day to day. I mean, they do more. They do hate because yep. they're the ones. Oftentimes, they're the ones actually having the chance to do it. And I mean, sometimes we use it. We flip it around. Sometimes we use funding so that the teaching assistant might have the class so that the teacher's freed up to work one-to-one with the child. And that's also still helping support equitable outcomes because if if actually that child needs more of their teacher's time, that's a way of helping them access more teacher time when we can't have, you know, we'd all love to have more specialist teachers in the classrooms with us. But that's not, you know, that's often not an option. So that's another way of helping us give those students more teacher time. And if we have teaching assistants who have got the skills in their kite to to take a full class in an activity or oversee something it can free up the teacher to to work one-to-one with the students who might need more so are there any changes that you've implemented in your role or in in your spaces that have you know led to better outcomes for your learners or for you we have invested over time in more professional development for our teaching assistants in different areas but like one thing that comes to mind is having, you know, our te- we, we met with our teaching assistants and originally we were talking with them and at different appraisals, lots of them mentioned that they wanted to, to do the training in phonics that we teach across the school. So um, the majority of our teaching assistants now have had that training so that they can actually teach uh, the groups themselves rather than just assisting teachers taking it, which has done huge things. It's been really awesome to see the lifting of their mana as professionals because they're going, oh, I've got this. I've already, I'm in charge of this. I know what I'm doing. I know who I'm testing. It also frees up the teachers. So it's lifting the capability across the team, which is obviously awesome for our learners because it gives us more people who can support them. And that's that's able to, that knowledge that they've learned is transferable to when they're supporting children in, in their classrooms, you know, not outside of the phonics program, alongside, you know, when they're working with literacy or anything really, it's going to help, it's going to help them. Flip side is it also takes a bit of the weight off the teachers. If they know they've got other people who can they can leave this with. What's important when it comes to teacher aides being able to collaborate with each other and potentially also with, you know, specialist teachers as well, or with yourself? That's the value of the collaboration. Well, it's like the value of any collaboration. Everyone's going to come at it at a different angle and everyone brings different knowledge and different skills. I think of it in the little parts, just even we always did hand over time. So if we had a teaching assistant who supported a child in the morning and then a different teaching assistant who supported them in the afternoon, we always timetabled in five or ten minutes outside of their break times so that they actually weren't, I mean, you know, everyone talks work in their break, but outside of that they would have five or ten minutes where they were both scheduled with the child where they could chat either to each other or with a child together about where the day was at and where things were going. So there's part of it is making sure we've got really clear handovers. And then the other part of the collaboration, obviously, is that, like I said, the teaching assistants might know more about how the day's gone for the student than the teachers do. They might have a better idea of what home's looking like at the moment. Or flip side, the teachers might be able to feed in and go, hey, look, this happened this morning, just giving you a heads up that they might be a bit tired this afternoon, so what we'd planned on doing with them might look a bit different, or, you know, vice versa. It's, I mean, it's about sharing the knowledge. It's common sense, isn't it? One of the biggest things that I've learned is about trusting our teaching assistants as experts in their field and as professionals. And so I was actually speaking to a parent yesterday about this. So we had a, this teaching assistant was tagged to some time through the High Health Needs Fund for toileting. 
to work with a child. Um, they were five at the time. You know, you get this really prescriptive plan from the continence team or maybe it's from the occupational therapist from the Ministry of Health and it's just, you know, you go to the toilet these times and it's really specific. But because she took the time to know the child, she learnt that she actually learned that their continence had nothing to do with them holding on or any of those normal reasons we have when they're five. Turned out they were scared of the toilet and they would get stressed. So she decided to do toilet yoga with them. She did this beautiful yoga, loudly. People would hear it, it's fabulous. And I was talking to that parent the other day, this is years ago now, and they were like, yeah, when our child gets stressed out, she still does it. I'm like, what a superpower to have. And if we'd, if we'd said to her, no, I just want you to do, you've got five minutes timetable there to take that person to the toilet and help them, then who knows what the outcome would look like now. We'd probably still be doing the same thing. But because she actually took the time to get to know the child, and drew on her own experience to work out what the actual need was, more so than any of the other experts who actually hadn't been in a toilet with a child, you know, the people writing a plan, myself included, I hadn't taken her to the toilet, I was just writing a plan. Whereas she took the time to spend the time with her in the toilet, discover what the problem was, gave it a go with her yoga, and lo and behold, years later, that's still a strategy that that child and that whanau uses when she gets anxious. Like, how cool is that? Have you got any other examples of just, yeah, the value and how important teacher aids are in creating great learning environments for our learners? Probably just that our, our, teaching, our teaching assistants are able to get to know the learners on such a different level. So when they're showing up for them and supporting them, it's, it's quite a different level of support to a teacher, if that makes sense. So... Um, for example, one of our um, special needs children had a really big interest in Pokemon. So, of course, on book character day, what does their teaching assistant come as? Pikachu. Because they knew, like, oh my gosh, what a fabulous opportunity to lean into that and to support them. You know, like, and I just feel like it's, you know, they were so excited. They were so excited about book day because Pikachu was there with them. It was so cool and we took photos and then for weeks on end they were writing about Pikachu and talking about Pikachu and did you see Pikachu was at book day. I think it's the, the opportunity to go the extra mile that, not that teachers aren't doing it, of course they're doing it, but it looks different. And our teaching assistants have a, have a different, they often have a different approach and they maybe have an opportunity to do these things in a bit more of a like casual way because there's less of a time crunch often. Then Nako though, you've been listening to a core education Tatai Ahoro podcast.